You're listening to the Small Business Talk podcast with Kathy Smith. Small Business Talk is a podcast for business owners and entrepreneurs who want a better way to run their businesses without spending years doing it the hard way. Small Business Talk is hosted by Kathy Smith, who has run the same marketing agency for more than 17 years and helped hundreds of business owners achieve their marketing goals. Welcome to Small Business Talk, episode 144. Today, my guest is Matt Ward from Breakthrough Champions. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for having me on, Kathy. I greatly appreciate it. And we're going to be talking about the high five effect, how to do business with people that bring you joy. Yeah, I'm really excited about this and sharing this message out to the world. I I think that too many small business owners just are struggling with some of these clients and I'd like to help them fix that with this new book. Fabulous. And before we started recording, we talked about how people like to leave corporate and leave their jobs so that they get three things. And what are those three things that we were laughing about? Yeah, Kathy, I have always believed that people leave the corporate environment and start their own business because they're looking for three things. They are more money, more time, and more freedom. And in the first five years, they don't get any of those three things. And so that's what this book kind of helps them achieve by really breaking the mold of all these statistics that talk about the failures in business and how all these companies are failing because they're not paying attention to the bottom line or the numbers or the profit margins. When in reality, what they really need to do is pay attention to the clients and who they surround themselves with because that's going to create a happier, more prosperous business. And when you're in that mode, everybody wants to buy and do business with you. Yes, absolutely. And when you're miserable, that shows through. And then you become desperate. So you pick clients that you shouldn't be and you end up with a vicious cycle. And then sometimes you're actually really pleased that your business failed because that's the only way you can get out. That's right. Yeah. And it's so interesting. You say that when you're negative or whatever, you come across as desperate. I see this all the time in the world of networking and referrals, referrals specifically, because that's sort of what my zone of genius is. I see people all the time asking for referrals and it makes them look desperate. Right. And so if we build a business that is serving us first, yes, we have to have a product or service that serves our customer. 100% true on that. But we also have to have a business that serves us that we want to wake up to every single day with a smile on our face, excitement in our voice. And that will bring us joy and bring us to people who want to hang around us. And we won't ever come across as desperate. That's the worst thing when you go into one of these networking events, even in the virtual world, Kathy, during the pandemic, you go into the virtual world and you say, hey, how are things? And people are like, oh, yeah, COVID. And you're just like, oh, my goodness. But that doesn't control your bank account. You do. That's why you went into business, Kathy. You get to pick all these great things, these people to hang around. It's such a game changer when we start to think about who we spend our time with and the impact that they have on us. Yes, for sure, because we all spend way too many hours in our businesses. So if we're miserable, then that's going to transfer into not only our business life, but our personal life. And then, yeah, anything, doesn't matter how big it is, is going to be a major issue. So I totally get what you're saying when you talk to people and you go, how's business? They go, oh, this has happened and that's happened and everything else has happened. But some people have done exceptionally well in the last two years. So what is the difference with those? And some of them is literally just mindset. 
Yeah. And I'm by no means a mindset coach, but I know that mindset affects business owners, especially solopreneurs and small business owners in a very strong way. And so if you have the wrong mindset, it can pull you down. But if you have the right mindset, it can pull you up. And, and obviously surrounding yourself with the people, whether they're other business owners like ourselves, we may not be doing business together. That's okay. In the book, I talk about the importance of that because there's that rub off effect, right? Jim Rohn said, you are the equal to five people around you. And so who are you surrounding yourself with, right? And then when it comes to the clients, when the clients are demanding and they're taking too much time and they're not paying full fee because we were desperate, we needed the revenue, we needed to get the business going. So we took on the client against all of our gut feelings and red flags, we took on those clients. Kathy, I interviewed over 50 small business owners And every single one of them said that early on, they saw red flags and they still took the client on. They understand that that was a sort of a a gut muscle building process. And so they got to the point where they had to trust their gut. I even interviewed therapists and medical specialists about the gut, the way our mind thinks with our body. And it turns out that it's not really about trusting your gut. It's really just about listening. It's not about the trust of it. It's about being aware of what your gut is telling you and not ignoring it. Yes. That's a game changer. Oh, so much so. And how many times do you look back and go, oh, I knew that, I knew that, I knew that, I didn't listen to that. And if you just stopped, listened, life could be so much different. There was a guy I interviewed, his name's Eric. Slavatsky, I think I'm saying his his last name correct. He said that when your mind and your heart get in a tug of war, let your gut settle it. Yep. And funny enough, we were talking specifically about the client because your mind is saying, I shouldn't take this on. Your heart's saying, I don't know. I need it. I need it. I need it. There's the gut. You got to listen to it. Absolutely. And too often, right? We When we go to school, if we go to school or post-secondary school or college, university, whatever it is, there's no gut trusting 101 in those business classes. No. And so that comes from experience. And so what I think as small business owners and solopreneurs is we have to have those at-bats, those repetitions so that we can trust them more. We have to make those mistakes. My hope is that we just make them faster so that we can get to this more money, more time, more freedom thing. I'm at the point now where I live my life by the definition of freedom. And I define that as doing what I want, when I want, where I want, and how I want. And I do one-on-one coaching on referral side, and I charge a fee. And it's unlimited, but I've had clients come to me and say, Matt, I want Tuesday at 10 a.m. And my response is, yeah, that's not really how I do it. I've had people say to me, Matt, I will pay you double. I just need it in my calendar. And my response is, no, thank you. Because my calendar is the most important thing to me now. It shows me my freedom, where I can travel, where I can go. I don't work every day of the week and I don't want to work every day of the week. And so I can pick and choose what I want to do on those days based on my freedom. Perfect. And I think that more people are starting to realize, and even now with the pandemic and the great resignation or something, something like the great escape or something, all these people that are leaving corporate work now to do their own thing. And they're saying, I don't want to work for somebody and be defined by those hours and those things. But if they don't also set their own definitions, then they're going to be like me 20 years ago where I had a web design agency and I was working till three in the morning. Yes. And you, I assure you folks listening, you do not want that. No, 
Absolutely <laughs> not. And that becomes part of your desperate cycle too, because then you're tired and you're chasing the next client and you sometimes then you might've got a, a VA or somebody else you're responsible for. So you've got some kind of payroll or contractors. So then that becomes more perpetuating and now three o'clock becomes four o'clock and suddenly you're not actually getting any sleep and then you become desperate and the clients see you desperate and on and on and on it goes. And it's just that big circle of desperation and big circle of miserability and big circle of angst and anger. And then you're just like, why am I even doing this? That's the question you ask yourself. And you ask yourself that question because you're not getting the money, the time, and the freedom. And so in the book, I talk a lot about this idea. I rewrote sort of Maslow's hierarchy of needs into the business owner's hierarchy of needs. And the first two stages are the first one is survival and the second one is security. And you get where you get to the point where you can pick and choose and have your own freedom and all that is when you get to the level of security that I define by creating a predictable amount of recurring revenue in your business. When you know how much money is actually coming in every month without having to chase the new sale, then you're at a level by which you can start turning people away. And until you get there, you won't be able to trust your gut. You're going to have to take on those red flag clients. And so the goal of this is to get there as fast as possible, right? Because survival mode is always like, I got to eat. I got to pay the bills. I got to provide for my family. And once you're out of that mode, now you're looking at security, which is, okay, I'm able to provide those things, but is it enough, right? Is it enough money doing it? And once you get that enough money coming in, now you go into growth mode and now you can start to have more time, more freedom and those type of things. And at the pinnacle of all of that is joy. Once you get to the top, it's a joyous place to be. And people literally will come to you and say, I want to do what you're doing. And it's not the service you're offering. It's how you run your business. I've literally had people come to me now, Kathy, and say, I want to know how to take that much time off. I'm like, it's not hard. It just takes time throughout the process of, it takes discipline. I told somebody the other day in a Facebook messenger chat, they were talking about how they work two jobs. They're an on-call nurse and they run an Airbnb, a very successful Airbnb. And I said, what do you, what do, you do for fun? Well, we're really in work mode. I really wish I could do something like you. And I said to her, I said, D, freedom is a very distinct choice. You must protect your time from others who wish to steal it. You have to. You have to protect your time. If you don't, you're going to end up doing everything for everyone that you didn't want to do. And that's just so true, isn't it? Time's the one thing that we can't buy back. No matter what we're doing, we can outsource, we can spend money on just about everything else, but we can't get time back. And Kathy, you know what? So interesting because time and freedom almost sound like the same thing, but they're really two different things, right? When you think about time, you think about the actual clock, the time you spend. Freedom is the freedom of choice. That's all it is. You can do the work for those people who are asking of you if you choose to do that. I have no problem with that. It's when we don't choose to do those things, that's when it becomes a problem. Right. And oftentimes early stages of a business, we don't have that choice because we're in ramp up mode. And that's the problem is we have to really start to put the guardrails in and control what we're willing to give up, whether it's family time and people have to decide if it's important, what's important to them. You know, there's a lot of that work life balance stuff that people talk about. And for me, that really isn't I mean, I guess you could define what I do as work life balance, but 
I never really compartmentalized the two because to me, my work is my life, but I'm very clear about understanding what the importance is of my calendar and the fact that I need to ensure that I protect it and it's important to me. I love the idea of setting your calendar up and setting things in it first and then having the the time to do the other things. So you decide that if you're having holiday time, for instance, vacation time, that that needs to go in first. If you've got sporting commitments with your children or your spouse or whatever, that needs to go in first and then work out where you're going to do your work as opposed to letting work spill into everything and then going, oh, I haven't had a holiday for X amount of time and that sort of thing, because that time you can't get back and you'll never get it back unless you book it in first. Mike Michalowicz, a uh, longtime small business author, written some great books. And one of them is, is called Clockwork. And in Clockwork, he talks about this idea that you'll schedule out a vacation and you'll go away from your business to take this vacation. We were talking briefly before we started recording, and I'll share with you, I am taking a bucket list trip one week from today. I'm really excited about it. And I'm going to the Grand Canyon to ride side by side ATVs, right? This is my hobby. I, I own them and I love to ride them. This is a custom trip where they, they provide everything. You just show up, they pick you up, you have some clothes, they provide food, they provide the machine, they provide the gas, everything. And I roped in eight other people to go with me. Now, Kathy, this is an off the grid trip. There's no cell phone signal in the middle of the Grand Canyon in the United States, right? So this is an off the grid trip. And I approached one of my friends about this. And he's like, oh, dude, I can't go four days off the grid. How am I going to run my real estate business? And I said, you have nine months to figure that out. And I'll help you figure it out because you're my friend, but you have nine months to figure out how to be off the grid for three days. If you can't get a VA to cover you for three days, you have a bigger issue. Yep. This is a much bigger problem than just not being accessible by cell phone for three days. And he said, I know. <laughs> and, then, and then he didn't He didn't book the trip. Other people did. And that was a, quite the lesson for me. And really just, it's too bad the book, the manuscript was done because that would have been a great story for the book, you know? But I think that it's one of those things where we don't think about how tied to our phones and our businesses as a whole that we are, Kathy. Yes. And I've set it up and- Depending on the business that you're in, it's as simple as either A, hiring a VA for the days you're going to be out of town and training them, or simply putting on an autoresponder that starts with, hi, so-and-so, thanks for reaching out to me. As you know, mental health is very important in today's society. I've decided to take a mental health day. In fact, I'm taking a mental health three days. I will reply back to you in three days. I assure you, I will get back to you. Yep. If this is an emergency, call this person. I set up an autoresponder for business and personal, meaning that in the autoresponder, it says, if this is a business emergency, contact my assistant. If this is a personal emergency, contact this person. And I said that I will have limited access to a shared satellite phone. So this means someone needs to pass away for you to call me, right? And so I'm setting the expectations in the autoresponder And that's what you also have to do with your clients just in general is set expectations because otherwise they're going to overreach on boundaries all the time. And that's when what you thought was a good client becomes a bad client because they become too demanding. And often it's your expectations too, because I've done the same. I've been away and I've let my clients know that I'm not available for this particular week in say October. 
and you work around it and you make sure all your deadlines are done and you make sure everything happens. And like you say, you put your systems in place so that your VA or your staff can help out. And then you say, no, I am not available. And nine times out of 10, people go, yeah, that's fine. No worries. We'll do it before or after. But if you expect that you're not irreplaceable or that you're the one key person, then you're setting yourself up as well. And really, if you do lose a client or two, unless you're absolutely on the bones of your butt and then you're not going to be going away anyway, then maybe they're not the clients. Maybe they are the red flags that you should be letting go. That's right. If you happen to have a business with staff, like I had at one point and I eventually sold, when I had my design agency, I had eight, there was eight of us. You ready for this folks? Listen up. I made more money when I was not in the office. Let me repeat that. I made more money when I, the owner, was not in the office. Now, I have a client in the home health aid business. He went away for four days. They made more money. Business owners are often the cog in the wheel, right? We don't put the grease in the right spot sometimes. And so we slow the wheel and the process and the machine down because we're always trying to micromanage or nitpick. Step away. Let your team do what you hired them to do. Let them be great at what they are. That's why you hired them. And you will make more money and then go on more free time. That's how this whole thing started for me, Kathy, is when I had the web agency, I stopped working Fridays, then I stopped working Mondays. Perfect. And right before I sold it, I was working three days a week and I was barely working those three days. Yeah. All I was doing was networking and doing uh, sales conversations at that time. And it was so much fun. That's all, all I could do is to talk to people all day. It's exciting. Yep. And then you have the systems and you empower your people to follow through. And I think that's where a lot of business owners get stuck, even with their VAs, is they're too scared to actually give them any work because they're worried that one, they don't do it like you'll do it, or two, they might stuff up. And if they stuff up, well, that's a learning experience for both of you. And you just need to get your systems better. And yes, Clockwork is a a fabulous book and it has a lot of those systems in place. Another one that I really like is called Systemology, which is actually by an Australian guy called David Jennings. And he talks about how you can actually systemize your business without you doing the work generally. If you've got somebody else doing that, then you get them to do the system because they're the one on the ground. They're the one that's actually doing it. And probably when you taught them, you taught them all the bad habits. So now they've Mm -hmm. got it sorted, let them do the system. Yeah, they optimize it after you give it to them. I have a policy when it comes to outsourcing work and bringing on staff, it's trust but verify. Just trust that they'll do the work, check in on them. And as things get better over time, two weeks out, three weeks out, four weeks out, you're going to find that they're running the system in the way that uh, that it was meant to be run. And you have to make small tweaks and small improvements. But if you trust but verify, you can build a great team around you. and, And that can free up your time and ultimately give you the freedom to do what it is you want, including working in the business. You know, I mean, that that's okay too. That's a choice. And that's why I talk about freedom being a choice. Yes. So true. And yes, if you set those systems up, then once, like you say, trust by verify and then make sure you are actually empowering the people. But at the end of the day, the responsibility is yours and don't let them hang out to dry. Yeah, there you go. Good point. (laughs) All right. So we've talked a lot about what we shouldn't be doing. Have we got a couple of main tips that we can give the audience of what we should be doing? One of the biggest things is you need to know your target market, right? Your niche is what you do. Your target market is who you serve. And so who's your target market? Too often, these small businesses are going into this this idea of a business and they say that they serve everyone. 
And so they might be a web designer, a graphic designer, a IT professional, and they say, yeah, we can help anybody. Well, I get why they do that. I did that when I had my first business. The problem is you're not shooting fish in a barrel, right? And so if you become the web designer for personal injury attorneys, the web designer for tax advisors, the web designer for IT companies, then you can cohabitate in those communities and be the expert because there's not going to be any competition there. And so this will help you drive better clients, more right fit clients, and less clients that are going to be throwing up red flags. You need to pick a target market that has a need for your service and can afford you without really kind of negotiating on price. That's a big red flag early on is the negotiation on price. Another thing that I firmly believe that helps people get to this exit out of the security mode is this idea of predictable income every month is to get a recurring revenue stream coming in. Whatever your business is, find a way to bill something monthly that is of value to your customers that they would want, because that's going to increase your predictable amount of income coming in, which is going to give you the stability to turn away bad clients. Now, I hear this, well, I'm a limo driver. How do I do that? Well, if you spent 30 minutes with me, I could come up with a recurring service that's $10 or $20 or $30 a month. That's like a membership for your limo service that gives discounts or what. I could come up with a lot of ideas. Often what I hear though, Kathy, is that won't work for me. That won't work for me. That won't work for me. And there we're back to the negativity. What I want the listeners to really take away from this is look at what someone else is doing as a recurring. Look at the recurring bills you are paying every month in your household expenses. And then take that idea and modify it for your business and keep iterating it in a way that's going to produce a good result. Don't take the approach, that won't work for me. Instead, take the approach with, well, I can't do that, so let me try this. And I want you guys who are listening to figure out what the spin is on someone else's recurring revenue. In the web design industry, recurring revenue comes in a couple different formats. One is website hosting. Another one is maintenance. Another one is SEO. And I know these because I had an agency. In the coaching world, it comes from recurring monthly packages that people do for coaching. What is it in your industry, if you're a uh, landscaper or a contractor of some sort, or you're a graph, you think about a graphic designer. There's a lot of, there's these companies like Design Pickle out there, right? Okay, but why can't you do your own? I'm not saying be Design Pickle, but modify Design Pickles to fit you and your clients will buy that. Yes. Make it great. Absolutely. And instead of saying, I can't do that, have you actually tried it? Because look, look what happened with Uber and Airbnb and all of those kind of services. Before they came out, you'd go, nobody would ever get in a car with a driver that they didn't know. Nobody would ever buy it on an app before they didn't know. Nobody would ever have an app. And then, I mean, look at all these disruption models and what they happen. So as soon as you said the limo driver, yeah, my brain was ticking away too, going, yeah, subscriptions. Maybe if you book five, you get a six yeah. one free. Yeah, the, the coffee the coffee card, right? Where the coffee punch card, you take the coffee card in and they punch it. And here's the funny thing is Uber, when they first started, it was just all based in the app, right? Yep. But then you can like subscribe for a service and pay monthly and get deeper discounts and, and usability, the more increase you do. There's, you know, you look at the airlines. I have no idea why an airline, they used to have it, I think, years ago. I think you would pay 
something like $10,000 to an airline. I remember reading a story about this and you could like fly unlimited. Yep. Right. And so that works if that's if that's a good product for you. And I just think that people have to really reinvent what it is they do to ensure that they're looking at all the angles. If you're a home stager, can you have a, a subscription model for the realtors who are for your clients so their clients get discounts and stuff? Yep. You know, there's a lot of ways to come up with. Sometimes I see financial advisors and they'll talk, well, we're not allowed to do that because of licensing, security, compliance. Okay, I understand that. That's your first sentence. What's your next sentence? If you can't do this, what can you do? Because you can do something. Yes. You just have to come up with it. Absolutely. And yeah, when you look at the the Blockbuster and the Netflix yep. thing, Blockbuster yep. said, this is not going to work. We don't want to be any part of it. And of course, Blockbuster is no longer around now. And yeah, even video stores and those sort of things have all gone because they just did it differently. Who would want to pay whatever amount it is per month to get unlimited movies? I mean... Wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. I love it. So, yes, definitely lots of things. And, and I love the idea of looking into somebody else's industry and then going, okay, what can I do to bring that into mine? The other thing that is really overlooked is people don't look at what is the common in their industry. So like you're saying with a financial advisor, there might be some things that are done in your industry, but people outside of it don't really realize. So actually by letting people know and advertising the fact that you do X, Y, or Z, even though every other financial advisor does the same, that can actually be your point of difference as well. Yeah. It's about being creative, Kathy. People have got to be creative if they want to be successful and not just kind of ride the coattails of the economy and see what's going to happen next. If we're going to take action and push away from the idea that we're going to be some sort of business failure in the first five years, then we have to take consistent action on a regular basis to implement changes in our business that are going to be for the better. And we have to be creative and come up with new ideas. For sure. So you mentioned that you have a book coming out. So what is the title of your book and when will it's people called, be able to get it? Yeah, it's called The High Five Effect, How to Do Business with People Who Bring You Joy. And the pre-sale copies are on sale now through October 26th. That's the hardcover only. That's a special edition. And they can be found at highfiveeffect.com. That's H-I-G-H. F-I-V-E-E-F-F-E-C-T.com. We'll put that in the show notes. So it's all spelled. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes, but it'll be all spelled out for you. If you want to pick up a copy of that, that'd be awesome. And uh, if it's easier for you because you happen to be overseas from the US, you can obviously wait until October 26th to see it up on Amazon. Its launch date is October 26th of 2021. Super excited about that. And I think we mentioned before, Mike McCallowitz's Clockwork. Well, Mike has endorsed this book. So I'm super excited about that. And I really think it's going to change the game for small business owners. Excellent. And if people would like to know more about you, Matt, where do they find you? Sure. I'm mattwardspeaks.com and pretty much Matt Ward Speaks on every platform out there, whether it's LinkedIn or uh, Instagram or Facebook. You can find me on all those those great channels, mattwardspeaks.com. Fabulous. And since you like to speak, I've got five questions for you. I am ready to do the five questions. I got great answers, I think, for you. Excellent. It's always funny that some guests are pre-prepped and others are so surprised that I do it every time. (laughs) Okay, let's go. The best advice you have been given to by a mentor? 
Well, this is a mentor that I never met, Kathy. This was passed down lineage over lineage. I was lucky enough to, to be a benefactor of the guy that created the chocolate bar, Milton Hershey. He did not have children. And so he and his wife put away $60 million, all of their money in 1909 to benefit disadvantaged and poor kids for a private tuition-free boarding school in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And I was lucky enough to go to that school. It changed my life. I'm the youngest of three boys, the first to graduate high school and the only one not to go to prison. So it changed my life. And the advice he gave that was carried down through us at the school was to give back to others. Find a way to give back to others and it will make your heart sing as well as others. That's the best advice. Love that. And the fact that you're not in prison, that is a, (laughs) a, a very good thing. In my other business, Catco Enterprises, we subscribe to B1G1, which is business one, good one. So at the end of each month, we give a, a percentage of our revenue to B1G1 and being as in the digital space, one of our charities is Aboriginal Digital Literacy in Australia. So we'll pop that in the show notes too. That's a a really good foundation because what they do is you pay a monthly subscription to cover all the admin costs. And then whatever you give on top of that goes directly to the charities and you can see which charities. So that's a really good one to look up if you haven't B1G1. Okay. What is the biggest help you have received since starting your business? Well, I've had a couple businesses. So I'll go back to the web design business. In 2008, the economy had crashed. It was very tough here in the United States. I was a member of a CEO advisory group called the Alternative Board. And they gave me a piece of advice on how to restructure pay at my company that allowed me to survive. And I saved just enough money to eke by in 2008. And funny enough, 10 years later, I sold a company for seven figures. Nice. Surround yourself with great people and you'll get great advice. Absolutely. And as we spoke about before, you are the sum of the five people that you surround yourself. So absolutely love that. What is the one thing you have to do every day? You're non-negotiable. I would say I'm an early bird. I get up early. I struggle to sleep in. And so when I do... I don't make coffee at home. I go to the local Dunkin' Donuts. And you're going to have a good chuckle at this, Kathy. When I'm traveling and speaking at a conference or something, I will literally take an Uber to the closest Dunkin' Donuts. Sometimes it's cost me $40 for a cup of coffee. <laughs> I'm a dunk in, in New England, up in Boston, where I live. There's a Dunkin' Donuts on almost every street corner, right? There's a lot of them. And so you get kind of hooked on it. And so then when you get outside of New England, it's much less. And so you have to go farther to get one and they close earlier. They're not open 24 hours, stuff like that. But yeah, I drink a coffee from there every single day. Excellent. And that helps a small business. So that is fabulous. There you go. What is your favorite business book and why? You've already mentioned Clockwork, but you might have another one. It's Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. It changed changed how I looked at finances and business. And to be perfectly honest with you, it changed how I looked at my own personal finances. And it just really made me rethink what a business could be like. I implemented that in 2017, sold my company in 2018. It was a game changer. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. And our very last question is, what do you wish you had known when you started out? When I was 18 years old, my grandfather, who was a judge for the Social Security Administration, told me that business and life, specifically life, was about who you know, not what you know. 
And I argued with him that day. And I said, but granddad, if I get into a conversation with someone I know, and I don't know anything, I'm going to look like a fool. And he looked at me and he said, boy, it's who you know, not what you know. And this is a guy who sat as a judge for the Social Security Administration in Washington, D.C. That's when I was 18. Even when I started my company in my 20s, I didn't realize that. As I grew into my 30s, I realized it's 100% who you know. And I couldn't imagine where I'd be today if I embraced that much earlier on. Yes, so true. And particularly now in the job market and even referrals, it's definitely who will vouch for you as opposed to all the white noise that's out there. Well, this has been fabulous, Matt. We could sit and talk forever, but it is time of recording. It's very early my time, so I need to get my day started and it's heading towards your evening. The wonderful thing of the world technology that we have today that we can do this all these miles apart. So thank you very much for your time and I'm sure your book will be a bestseller very quickly. And yeah, if people want to look you up, all those links will be in the show notes. In the show notes. Thank you so much, Kathy. As I always like to say, and I sign off on every video I do on YouTube, don't forget to live happy, smile a lot and high five everyone around you. (laughs) Excellent. Thanks, Matt. Don't forget to subscribe to Small Business Talk podcast and head on over to smallbusinesstalk.com.au forward slash downloads for all the show notes and links to this episode. Remember, to be great, you must start. Pick one tip from today's episode, take action and implement it. Let's meet again next week at the same time and place. Until then, take action. And SBT community, enjoy your journey.